Hey guys, thanks so much for joining us right here for the Active Church Podcast. We believe that you can tell a better story and we are so glad you are engaging with our content today. You're about to hear from one of our incredible teaching pastors and we hope that you'll be impacted by this message. Thanks again for being with us. Welcome to Active, everybody. My name is Mike, and I serve as the lead pastor here, and I'm so glad you're joining us for week four of a series called In Our Messy World. And we're running with this idea, that our world is messy, and God is speaking through all of that noise. And when we prioritize His voice, we can tell a better story. And if you want to hear the voice of God, I want to invite you today to pay attention to your narratives. Your narratives are the stories that you tell yourself and they shape and influence how you interact with people around you and the world around you. There are some unhealthy narratives that you and I hold close to our hearts. And today I wanna talk about how we can let go of those narratives so that we can embrace the holy narrative that God is telling through the person and work of Jesus. If we don't let go of those narratives, we will find ourselves battling between which voice we're going to listen to, the unhealthy narrative that we've believed for a long time, or the voice of God. Now when I talk about narratives, I want us all to be on the same page, so let me give you a few examples of the narratives that we tell ourselves, and it influences how we interact with people around us. The narrative of, I'm owed this, is something that we tell ourselves. Or the narrative of, I deserve this, or I'm entitled to that, is a narrative that we all believe. We also hold very personal narratives. Maybe we don't share them, but they're deep within inside of us. Narratives like, I don't belong, or I can't make a difference, or I'm just a waste of space. We also have relationship narratives. If you're married, maybe your narrative is, my husband just doesn't care. My wife just doesn't know, or my kids just won't be obedient. We all have narratives that are unhealthy in our stories. And if we don't pay attention to those narratives, learn to let go of those narratives, we will never embrace the story that God is writing. We will never embrace the voice of God in your life and in mine. Our unhealthy narratives give us permission to come up with excuses for why we do things. It gives us permission to justify our behavior. Our unhealthy narratives will invite us to avoid things that we should never avoid, and our unhealthy narratives will allow us to do things that we never wanted to do in the first place. Those unhealthy narratives will fill your pride, it will fuel your ego, it will fuel your prejudice, and it will fuel your racism. And so I want to talk about how we can let go of those things, but we got to talk about how hard that is because most of our narratives are a part of us. It's like our DNA. And the reason for that is because our narratives are shaped by where we are in the world. And our narratives are shaped by how we experience the world. And our narratives are shaped by how we were raised in our world. That's why they're so hard to let go, and that's why we've convinced ourselves that this is the best story to tell. But again, I want you to hear the voice of God in your story, in our messy world. And in order to do that, we need to pay attention to those unhealthy narratives. So today, I want to take you to a letter written by a man named Paul that found its way into the pages and documents that we call the Bible. 
This letter was first written to a group of Gentiles, non-Jewish people, had no religious affiliation, had some beliefs in the gods, but they really didn't have a religious affiliation. And Paul shows up in their life and he begins to explain to them that God has done something new and something incredible. And he invites them to embrace this new thing, this incredible thing, which means that they have to let go of what they've been holding on to all their life. And that's difficult and it takes time and it takes commitment. But I want you to know that Paul was worth giving them the time. Paul was saying to them, this is worth giving your time and your commitment to. And I wanna show you what Paul actually wrote to these people because it's powerful. And it's powerful not just for them, but it's powerful for us because we have unhealthy narratives. I wanna share with you some of their unhealthy narratives. And as I share it with you, you might think, well, those narratives are a bit ridiculous. And the reason why you might think that they're ridiculous is because they don't know what we already know. The reason why you might think it's ridiculous is because of where they lived versus where we lived. And the reason why you might think it's ridiculous is because of how they were raised versus how we were raised. Paul, as he's writing this letter to them, is confronting three specific narratives that they held close to their heart. Here's the three. That people are property, that might makes right, and that the gods determine the fates of all individuals. And as he's writing to them, he uses such strong language because again, letting go of unhealthy narratives is hard. It takes time and it takes commitment. And he writes in military language, strong military terminology to help them begin to let go so they can embrace the holy narrative of God through the person and work of Jesus. And friends, he wrote this not just for them, he wrote it for us today as well. And so if you have a Bible, I want to invite you to follow along. Second Corinthians is the letter that Paul writes. Men and women in a city called Corinth who are choosing to discover the story of Jesus. Second Corinthians chapter 10, and Paul begins in verse three. And here's the words he uses to help us to learn to let go of unhealthy narratives so we can embrace the holy narrative of God. Here's the words he uses to invite us to pay attention to our narratives. He says this, for though we live in the world, we don't wage war like the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Strong, powerful, warlike, military-like language is what Paul is using here. And he's saying to these first readers and us as the future listeners that we don't fight like everyone else fights and we don't have weapons like everybody else has weapons. Like this language is powerful because remember, letting go and embracing something new, it takes strength. It takes power. It takes extraordinary energy to do. And then he uses a word called stronghold. And this is an image word in his world. He wanted the readers to have a picture in their mind of what it looks like to fight against the unhealthy narratives. The word stronghold can be the same word that we use to describe a bank vault. And he's saying that we wage war against the vault where we keep unhealthy narratives. And maybe you're thinking just like they were thinking like, what is he talking about? How do we wage war? What does this look like? And so I wanna take you slowly through the next few verses so that we can understand it 
completely. Paul says this, here's what this war looks like as we go after those strongholds, those unhealthy narratives. He says this, we demolish arguments. We demolish arguments that we are to wage war on flawed conclusions based on false assumptions. There's a lot of flaws in our narratives. There's a lot of false assumptions in our narratives. And Paul says, we go hard after those things because we want to make sure that they don't exist in our story anymore because they're lying to us. It's not true about us. It's not true about what God says about us. He says, you got to come strong against those strongholds, against those things that are arguments against the way of Jesus in you. A good example of this would be, think back to high school for a moment. And if you're a high schooler, this isn't going to be difficult. But think back to high school for a moment. And ask, I want to ask this question of you. Do you remember when you thought you were always right? When you spoke, when you behaved, and you got into an argument with your parents, and you knew and you believed you were convinced that you were always right, and your parents had this wall of argumentation that they needed to fight through? Do you remember that? You had some flawed assumptions and conclusions. You had some false beliefs about the world around you. Maybe you communicated to your parents this, you don't love me. And the reason why they needed to argue with you about that is because you made that statement in their house, wearing clothes they purchased for you, with a belly filled with food that they cooked for you, with a cell phone in your hand that they purchased for you. Now, I'm not saying that possessions mean that you're completely and unconditionally loved, but somebody who is not loved doesn't have things, right? And this is why your parents came to you to fight through that wall of argumentation, to help bring clarity to what was flawed and what was false. And this is what God is doing with us. This is what God is inviting us to do. He wants to break through the system that we have built, the stories that we have built that are flawed, and that are false. And he wants us to know the truth about how he feels about us. And he wants us to understand, to pay attention to the narratives that are in confliction, that are against the way of Jesus. And then he says, so we demolish arguments. And then every pretension, the word pretension is a word that describes high things or tall things. It describes arrogance. It describes ego, people that are puffed up because of their knowledge. We demolish arguments, every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Paul says, let's go to war against every narrative that we believe about ourselves and the people around us that are in contrast to the person and work of Jesus. What God has said about you and about me through the work of Jesus, through the words of Jesus, which means this, if Jesus doesn't believe it about you, neither should you. If Jesus believes it about you, you should believe it too. I'm going to say that all again. If Jesus doesn't believe it about you, neither should you. And if Jesus believes it about you, so should you. This is where Paul is taking us. This is where God wants us to be, that we go up against those false narratives so that we can let go of the things that are lying to us and embrace the story of God that tells us the truth and helps us to live in what's true about us and about our world and ultimately about 
God. This is what following Jesus looks like, friends. This is the word that we use often to describe those that follow Jesus. Discipleship. And discipleship is learning how to let go and embrace something new. And then Paul, because he loves us and he wants us to understand what it looks like to follow Jesus, gives us really specific ways to do that. He says this, and we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. We take prisoner every thought that goes against what God thinks about and says about us. Every behavior and every attitude, we decide to bend it to the authority of Jesus and the value system of the kingdom of God. We bend it to who Jesus is and what Jesus says. We bend it because that is the best story ever told. Friends, this is why you should read your Bible. You should pick up the Bible app. Because when you read the Bible, specifically the Gospels, you'll discover the value system of Jesus. Because Matthew and Mark and Luke and John tell the story of Jesus. And you'll discover who he is and what he's like. And more importantly, discover who God is and what God is like. Paul wants us to wrestle with this question. What would life look like if we fully embrace the way of the kingdom of God? If we bend every behavior and every thought and every word to the value system of God found in the person and work of Jesus. One of the disciples, one of the first followers of Jesus, actually asked Jesus that very question. He said it differently. His words were this, Jesus, would you show us the Father? In other words, would you show us what God is like? Because if we see God and we see as God sees, then we're going to do as God says. And Jesus responds with these words, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. In other words, when you look at me, when you hear me, when you live life with me, you've seen what God is like because I am God. Do you want to know what a life-giving, hope-breathing narrative looks like? Then come and follow me. These were the words of Jesus. But listen, you and I will never fully participate in the kingdom of God and the way of Jesus until we go hard at the strongholds, the false narratives, the inappropriate way we view ourselves and others, until we go hard at those things, we will never fully participate in the kingdom of God and the way of Jesus because we have not let go of the things that have power over us and embraced the God who has all the power. This is why you and I need to pay attention to our narratives. And we don't have to do this by ourselves. Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. I shine in dark places. And in those dark places and spaces in your story and in mine, Jesus will show up not with condemnation, but with redemption. When we follow Jesus, we'll discover that our world is broken and we're a part of the world, so we're broken. And that God is a restorer. And then we'll discover this, and don't miss this, that you matter to God and the you besides you matters to God. You matter to God and the one that stands next to you matters to God. That's the black life and the brown life and the Caucasian life and the baby life and the rich life and the poor life and the cop life and your life and my life, even the life of those who live in Blythe. They matter to God because this is what we discover when we let go of the phony and false, flawed narratives. And we pay attention to those things and get rid of them and embrace the holy story 
of Jesus in you and in me. And then Paul closes with these words, and we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience. We will be quick to react when our old narratives begin to show up again. We will bend it, words and behaviors, to the value system of Jesus because we love Jesus because he first loved us. So I want to ask you a question, but the answer is yes. So if you're watching this, you can put yes in the comments because the answer to this question is yes, all right? So this is an easy test for you. Here's the question. Do you got any strongholds that need to be demolished? Yes. We all have strongholds in our life that we need to go strong after. We all have false narratives that we need to pay attention to so we can embrace the holy story of God through Jesus Christ. We are always at war with narratives that show up and want to misinterpret the world around us. And we, as Christians, as people who are pursuing God, we go to war with those narratives so that we can hear the voice of God in our messy world. Because if we don't, our false narratives will have a louder voice in your story and in mine. So I want to get you started. I want to get you ready. I want to ask you some questions about your story, about your narratives. And some of these questions, they may not have anything to do with you. But other questions might actually be exactly what you need to hear. And I want you, as I ask these questions, I want you to pay attention to the narrative that pops into your mind and then ask yourself, what's behind that? Is that unhealthy or is that holy? Ready? Here's some questions that I want you to consider. Again, some might hit you and some might not, but I want to get you started to go after those false narratives in your story. So first question, why don't you call them? Your brother or your sister or your mom or your dad or your kids? What story do you tell yourself about why you don't call them? Hey, why do you, why do you drink so much? And why is it that you respond the way that you respond when somebody calls you out on why you drink so much? What story, what narrative do you come up with? Is it unhealthy or is it holy? Why'd you move in with them? Why'd you file for divorce? Hey, what do you tell yourself about why you're not generous with your resources? What do you tell yourself about why you don't pay your taxes? What do you believe about why you despise them or hate them? What do you tell yourself about why you gave up on God or on church or on faith? And what happens to those narratives when you hold it up to one of the most famous verses in all the scripture? For God so loved the world. For God so loved you and the you beside you that he gave his one and only son. Do your narratives feel small and petty when you hold them up to what God has done for you? Do the stories that you tell yourself that you've believed about, that you've been taught, do they feel small and petty when you actually hold it up to who Jesus is and what Jesus has done? How about if you hold it up to these words? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. So therefore, honor God with your body. Does it feel petty? The narratives that you tell yourself when you recognize what God has done for you through the person and work of Jesus? Friends, this is why we have to pay attention to our narratives. Learning to let go of the unhealthy narrative so that we can embrace the story of God because God is speaking in our messy world. And I want to hear from him. 
and I want him to lead me, and I want you to hear from him, and I want him to lead you. And here's how we know when our narratives are not healthy or holy. When we have a narrative that supports something that you did, and now you regret. Or when you have a narrative that stands in contrast to the life-giving and liberating story of Jesus. Or when you have a narrative that dismisses the you beside you. This is why we need to pay attention to our narratives. Because God is speaking in our messy world. And maybe perhaps we need to come up with some sort of statement that we can make so that we can evaluate if we're really paying attention and learning to let go and moving towards the holy narrative that God is telling in this world. So I want to give you a phrase that maybe you can adopt this week to get you started as you listen to the voice of God and let go of those other voices, those other false narratives, flawed narratives that you've believed for a long time. Maybe you and I can commit to this this week. I will demolish every narrative that conflicts with the value system introduced by Jesus. This week, just make that your commitment. Say it out loud, write it down, tweet it, Instagram it, put it up so that you can see it. This week, I will demolish every narrative that conflicts with the value system introduced by Jesus. Because following Jesus isn't just about praying a prayer or getting baptized, although those things are included. Following Jesus is about living a life that bends the knee to the King of Kings, that bends your words and your actions and who you are to the story that God is telling, because God is loving. Friends, if we want to hear the voice of God, we need to pay attention to our narratives. Let me pray for you. God, what a privilege it is to know that you don't give up on us, you're not ashamed of us, that you pursue us, and you give us the invitation to trust and obey. And so may we pay attention to those false narratives in our story that we believe for a long time that we felt were true about us, but now we're, we're recognizing that they're flawed and they're false. May we learn to let go of those things, to go after those things and demolish them with what's true about us and true about others and ultimately true about you. May we embrace the holy narrative, the story that you're telling, so that we can hear your voice in our messy world. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody let's say amen and amen and amen.
hope you enjoy the Active Church podcast. If you want to know more about Active Church, you can follow us on our social media platforms at Active Churches. Don't forget to subscribe as well to stay connected to future podcasts. And if you are local to the Redlands or Ukaipa area, we would love for you to experience the room with us. Sunday services are 9 a.m. and 10.45 a.m. in Ukaipa and 10 a.m. in Redlands. See you next time.